So, all right, we'll go to Revelation chapter three tonight. Revelation chapter three. I'm going to read just a few verses. A very familiar passage of scripture, but um, said continuing to preach messages, trying to gear it towards the family. Just things that I think will really be a help uh, to your family if we could practice some of these things. And this passage I'm getting ready to read here, it's one that's written to a church. It's written to the Laodicean church. And we all know the Laodicean church. What they, Does anybody know what they are famous for? The Laodicean church. What are they known for? Sandra? Lukewarm. Being lukewarm. Which means they were comfortable. They weren't cold. They weren't hot. We'll read it here in verse 14. It says, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. God here is basically letting this church know that your lukewarmness is making me sick. When you say spew you out of your mouth, you know, you ever tasted something really bad and you just you got to spit it out, or maybe you actually ate something that was really bad and later you spit it out involuntarily. Uh, that's kind of what God's saying here about this church. It gave him a bad taste. He wanted to spew them out of his mouth because of their lukewarmness. He said, "I would, I would, I would, or I would rather that you were cold or hot. I would rather you be." Uh, you know, a, uh, you know. Obviously, he would prefer them being hot on fire for God, doing something for Him. But I think he would have he would have rather them even been a cold church, one that just had a bad attitude towards the things of God, one that was not interested in things of God at all. But this church had gotten to where they were comfortable, and it it made God sick. And you know what? When I got to thinking about that, I thought this is really our culture today. We are all about comfort. Went across the board, and I know not all comforts bad. I mean, obviously, I thank the Lord. You know, we've got a comfortable place to sit, and I'm, you know, we've got we try to keep the temperature in here at a comfortable temperature. Uh, we weren't a comfortable church last week uh, when it was really cold in here. Uh, we were a cold church last week, and um, but uh, that's not necessarily what God's talking about there. But we are. We're all about we're all about comfort. You know, our cars. I mean, boy, you know, people. Have, I haven't got one of these yet. I haven't upgraded that yet. But you know, they got the cars with the heated seats. Man, that sounds good this time of year. A friend of mine had one of those, and I rode in there one time. It was real cold, and you do you just get in that car, and you're immediately warm. I thought, man, this is. I can get used to this real fast. But we are. We're all about. We're all about comfort. And people will rarely do. They, they don't want to do anything if it makes them feel uncomfortable. And I, well, I really don't know if I, I don't want to get involved in the church. I don't want to get up and sing a song. Well, I'd just be uncomfortable standing in front of everybody. So what? Because tonight I want to talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Like that, how's that for families? Well, part of it is the reason people are like that. It's really kind of how we're raised. From the time we're very young, you know, kids, for example, you know, it's human nature to just want to be comfortable and to want to stay comfortable and not really uh, you know, want to change much of anything. I mean, kids, they would, you know, they're more comfortable sitting at home in front of the television than they are going to school. Uh, but as a parent, sometimes you gotta get them uncomfortable. You gotta tell them to do things that they don't like to do. 
And also as parents, we got to set an example and do that. We have a culture today where of men, and this really disturbs me. I've seen a lot of this in my life, and it really bothers me. I've seen it in my job I have now, where you know my job, for example, where I work at, it's very uncomfortable. It is a very uncomfortable temperature working in that freezer. It's it's uncomfortable, and there are many able-bodied, healthy men that will get that job, and they can't handle the discomfort, and they immediately quit and just quit the job, not having another one lined up because they're uncomfortable. I, I know I've heard many stories, and I know people uh, personally that have you know gotten jobs and couldn't get out of bed in the morning to go to that job. You know what? That bed was comfortable. And you know, it it goes back. People, our culture, we just don't want to ever get out of our comfort zone. We don't want to get uncomfortable at all. I mean, in our culture today, it's very common to see people out in their pajamas in public. Why do they do that? Pajamas are comfortable. Okay, I, I wear pajamas at, at my house in bed. It's, it's comfortable, but in public, but it's comfortable. It's what I it's what I like to wear. I, before I ever saw anybody, before people started doing, I think I know who started that whole trend. I, I worked with this guy uh, when I was at the Walmart out at distribution center in Spring Valley. I worked with this guy, and I remember he he was a strange bird. Okay, he was really weird, and he wore strange things to work sometimes. And he did. He showed up one day to work in a pair of pajama pants. And everybody made fun of him because that was weird wearing pajamas to work. And he's like, I don't care. They're comfortable. He's like, I found these things on sale. I bought like 10 pairs of them. And this guy wore pajama pants to work every day. And he did. He got made fun of them because nobody, nobody wore pajamas out in public back then. But now they do. I think, I think that guy might have been the one that started the whole trend. And that's pretty sad if it was started by him. It's that he was, he was a goofball. I could tell you a lot of stories about him. But how, how do we get out of our comfort zone if, if we are that way? So not, we, all, we all have things we're uncomfortable with. We all have things that we just rather not do. But how do we get to that point where we are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to go do something that I do not want to do. Okay, This time of year, everybody wants to start exercising. Okay, I, everybody, you know, you go to Walmart, they got all the exercise equipment out in the main aisles. There's all these advertisements for diets and things. And everybody wants to do it, but how many people actually follow through and actually do something with it? They usually don't because you have to get uncomfortable. You know, exercise is not comfortable. A lot of it hurts. And it gets you sweaty and tired and people just don't want to do it. So, how do we do that? And, you know, and not just, you know, physically, but spiritually. Well, part of it though is we don't want to be a part of a lukewarm church. We see here in the story what God thought about this lukewarm church. It was something that made him sick. And the tr- truth is, and this might scare some of you. I hope it doesn't scare you and you go running out of this church and never want to come back. But you know what? One thing that's going to happen in this church and in any church you go to, people are going to start to rub off on each other. We are. You, you do. The people you hang around, we rub off on each other. And that might, that might scare you to death. But 
there's just something about the people we hang around. We tend to do some of the things they do. That's why in advertising, they work so hard to you know, get you to like them on Facebook or to get them to you know, talk about them on Twitter because they know if people are if their friends are talking about a certain company, they're more like or a certain product, they're more likely to go try that out. Hey, all my friends are talking about this restaurant. Let's go try that restaurant. All my friends are doing this. You know, let's go do this. Let's go try it. Those things all it, it, it all rubs off on each other. And if you're in a lukewarm church, okay, if we're a lukewarm church and we're just we're none of us are willing to get out of our comfort zone, then it's that's going to rub off on us. And that's why we want to be a part of a church that's high. And we if, if uh, we ought to be the one, you ought to determine. I want to be the one that helps get this church on fire. Because you know, even if you are in a lukewarm church, you don't have to be lukewarm. You can be the one that motivates others to get busy for God. Have you ever you know, been working on a job somewhere? I've been there before where you're there working and you're just feeling lazy. I mean, I'm the only one that's ever had one of those days and I'm just not feeling like working really hard. But then you see that other guy that's out there and boy, he's just working as hard as he can. He's working fast because he's just anxious to get the job done. He wants to go home and it's like, man... You know, look how hard he's working. And I don't know about you, but it, some, when I see that, it causes me to want to work a little bit harder. Because I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm not going to let this guy carry the load for me. You know, I'm going to work a little bit harder. And you working hard, you getting involved in the things of God, you know, you, you know, get, uh, you know, inviting people to church, bringing in visitors, you singing the specials, you know, teaching Sunday school, whatever it is, that's going to motivate other people to do the same thing. Nobody wants to see one person doing all the work. Make sure that you have revival in your own personal life and in your own family. So other families, they might be, they might not be doing anything for God. They might be cold in their family, but your family doesn't have to be that way. You can determine, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna love God. We're gonna serve God. We're gonna be, we're gonna be on fire for God. And you're, you're gonna do, you're gonna get yourself out of your comfort zone. You're going to, you know, so the kids, uh, when they were having their program up here, you know, was, I remember Jason was talking about he was getting kind of nervous when he was up here. You know, his paper was shaking a little bit. You know, he was nervous. And you know what? I didn't. Ball them out for being nervous. You know what's wrong with you for being nervous? I, I'm kind of glad it doesn't bother me at all because even though he was nervous, he still did it. And that's what's important. It's not are you uncomfortable. The question is, are you going to do it? And you might be uncomfortable. Boy, you might get up here and your face might turn beet red. You might be scared to death. You might be, you know, your knees might be knocking together. But you're doing what you're supposed to do in spite of the discomfort. Sometimes coming to church isn't exactly a comfortable thing to do. It is a lot more comfortable to just stay home and to sleep in sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to stay awake. I might be preaching just a killer boring message and you're, and you're uncomfortable. It would be a lot more comfortable for you to just lay down on the pew right there and start snoring right there and go to sleep. But you're like, no, you, you gotta get out of your comfort zone. So I, I'm not, I, I might be uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm, I'm just uncomfortable around a lot of people. So what? Get used to it. I'm uncomfortable asking somebody to come to church. So what? Do it anyway. Get, get out of your comfort zone and make sure that 
you train your family to be that way. Don't be a part of a lukewarm church. You, all of you, all of you, it'd be great if you all determine in your heart that Liberty Baptist Church is not going to be a lukewarm church. And you all have part in that. Everybody has part in that. Make sure that this is not a lukewarm church. Also, don't work to have a lukewarm home. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought. And when it says take no thought, it's not saying don't ever think about it. In fact, we see many principles in the Bible that shows that it is okay to you know, prepare for the future. Go to the ant thou sluggard. Consider ways and be wise. There's many principles there that talk about. There's uh, flat out teachings that tell you know fathers you know you ought to provide for your family. It's not telling you to never think about it, but when it says take no thought, it's talking about being you know worrying about it and being all concerned and caught up with it. And it says uh, verse thirty two uh, or verse thirty one. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Notice how he mentions how the mentions the birds, how they don't store up in barns. And what he's talking about here is worrying about the future. And you know, most people today, their entire lives, most families, many fathers, they have no time for their families, they have no time for their kids. Mothers, same thing, they have no time for their families because they are so busy working to basically store up for, you know, in case this happens or in case that happens. We've got to have this much money. We've got to prepare for this. We've got, to prepare for, we've got to prepare for that. And they're so worried about the future, they forget about the present. And that is something that we are not supposed to do. They're wanting to make sure that they're going to be, that they're going to be comfortable. That they have nothing to worry about. I don't want to have to worry about my future and you know, this area. I don't want to have to worry about money. And what they're, basically what they are seeking for is that comfortable lifestyle. I don't have to worry about paying my bills. And the truth is, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat. And think about how many people do you know that are worrying about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear that they've been worrying about it for years and they haven't even come close to starving to death? I mean, think about that. I said, when I was a kid, I remember there was times when I'd get hungry and mom was taking a long time to get the next meal. Maiden, I thought I was going to starve to death. I mean, I, I was I was getting concerned. I was getting worried. But you know, after I got older, I figured out I could go a couple days without eating. 
without being too difficult. <laughs> you know, we're we're not going to die. We're not about to die of starvation. But yet, people are on a daily basis worrying about those things, wanting to store up so they don't ever have to worry about just seeking after comfort to the point where they've forgotten about their children, they've forgotten about the family they're supposed to be raising. And the truth is, we're supposed our life is not supposed to be all about comfort. Jesus said these are the things that the Gentiles seek after. I mean, really when you stop and think about it, if you are if you do not believe in Christ, if you don't believe in heaven or hell, what else is there really to live for? Really, possessions is all I can think of. You know, the, the earthly pleasures, the things that the rest of the world is living for. I mean, the people, uh, many of the people that I know and work with it, I think the only reason that they work is so they can have a few extra bucks to go party on the weekends. And that is what their entire existence is all about. I mean, guys that are, that are my age and even older that aren't even interested in starting a family. Not doing anything really for anybody, living completely and totally for themselves, trying to buy all their little toys and things. And really, if you are lost, what else is there to live for? And they aren't. They're just seeking to be comfortable. They want to have a life where they don't have to worry about anything. And the truth is, what we need to be doing, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. All those necessities, He'll take care of those things. What we ought to be doing is laying up treasures in heaven. That's what we ought to be busy doing. That's what ought to be the focus of our family, laying up treasures in heaven. But we see in the Bible many of the things that we do to lay up treasures in heaven are uncomfortable. Winning people to Christ. That's not always a comfortable thing to do. You go and try to tell maybe a family member or a close friend that they are lost and that they need a Savior and that there is a place called hell and just watch how they'll get. It's You kind of get uncomfortable. You know, it's, It is uncomfortable. I'll admit I've been doing it for years to go knock on somebody's door that didn't invite you to their house and ask them or invite them to church or ask them if they died, if they knew where they'd spend eternity. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when they get aggravated with you and get snotty with you. It doesn't. It makes you feel uncomfortable. I was one time. All I was doing. It was kind. Of, it was kind of early in the morning. It's a nice morning. I went and I was leaving flyers. I was just leaving flyers in the doors. I wasn't even knocking on the doors. That's not very uncomfortable. But I got really uncomfortable when I went down the one street and on my way back, here's a guy walking through his yard and he's kicking one of the flyers and he kicks it all the way out to the street. And I noticed he did. And then he, he saw me stand there and he's like, Don't be leaving this stuff in my door. That made me uncomfortable. And you, know, I was, you know what I felt like doing? Calling it a day and going home. But you know what I did? I was like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going just to keep doing it. I was uncomfortable, but I needed to keep doing it. There are so many things that. And the people they just they're not willing to do anything unless it's 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 comfortable makes them feel good and many of the things that God has asked us to do to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature these missionaries that we've had in here that are going to some of these foreign countries it's not going to be comfortable over there for them 
They don't have some of the places they go. It's not comfortable climates. We had the missionaries that are going to Alaska. Okay, remember how they were talking about how cold it gets there? Well, we know how cold it gets there, don't we? We experienced that last week. I don't want to do that all the time. And I'm sure they don't like that very much either. But they're going to do it. They got to go around on a snowmobile. I, now that's fun to do every once in a while, but I'm, I don't want a snowmobile to be my main transportation. That's no fun. I don't want to go to one of these countries where it's super hot all the time, and where they live in huts and they have you know poisonous snakes. And Rob Johnson, who was here, uh, he told us a story one time about this gigantic spider that they saw, and they hit it with a broom, and the thing, as it was flying through the air, screamed. It made this screeching noise. I'm telling you, a spider that can screech, I don't want to be anywhere near it. <laughs> and I, I tell you, their life is very un- uncomfortable where they're at, but they're doing great things for God. And that's what we're supposed to do. But I mean, th- but think about it. If they were interested in comfort, they'd have never done any of those things that they've done. I mean, he... I love reading their prayer letters and just hear the stories about the things that God is doing there. But they've had to get uncomfortable to do it. I guarantee the Schaefer's. I mean, it's it's uncomfortable to go move to brand new town, people you don't know, and start pastoring a bunch of people you don't know. Alright? That's probably not going to feel real comfortable at first. It's going to take a while before it feels like home to you there and before it feels like your church. I mean, you're you're stepping out of your comfort zone there. When we started the church here, I never started a church before. I didn't live in this town. It was it was uncomfortable. Many you maybe the first time you came here, you were visiting you're visiting this church. You've never been here before. It's sometimes uncomfortable going and trying out a new church where you don't know anybody, where you've never been before. But many of the greatest blessings that we have are because we got out of our comfort zone. Think about women. Okay, if they were only interested in comfort, they wouldn't be having babies. Okay, <laughs> my wife. She just had to buy this brace support thing to help hold her belly up, you know, when she's walking around because it's you know getting big and straining her back, and this it, she's she's very uncomfortable now. You know, in bed she's always moving around and you know trying to find a way to get comfortable and can't get comfortable. And when she has that baby, it's going to be very uncomfortable. But you know, look at the blessings that we have here because she got out of her comfort zone. And I got out of my comfort zone because, like I said, I, I hate I hate the whole process. <laughs> the hospital, oh, I mean, the doctor visits, I hate it. Drives me crazy. But many of the greatest blessings are because we got out. Of, we you got out of your comfort zone. But so when we've got to do that as fathers, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I I think I've talked about it here before. But boy, when I went into Walmart the day, you know, I needed needed the job really bad, and they finally called me up. And it was for a freezer job. I didn't, I didn't want the freezer job. I, I don't like the cold. And boy, I remember when I went in there for that interview and they started taking me back. And I remember I went through, you know, you go into the main warehouse and it's just regular temperature there. And then I went in the next part. It was kind of cool, about 40 degrees or so. And I was like, oh, is this where I'm going to be working? No, no, it's, it's a lot colder. And we went back into the next section. It was even colder. It's like below freezing in there. And I'm like, it's like, oh man, it's pretty cold. Is this room working? Oh no, it's even colder where you're going to work. And then we went in through this one little door, and man, it was cold. I mean, 10 below, 
You know, I wasn't wearing a whole lot of clothes. I had a coat on and everything. But I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. But you know what? I was like, I've got to provide for my family. You know, I've got, you know, we just bought a house and everything. I, I got to pay these bills. And, uh, boy, it wasn't, it's, it wasn't comfortable. But, it it had to be done, and I remember thinking, I've got to set an example for my kids. Someday they're going to be, you know, they're going to need to get a job somewhere, and it's not comfortable starting something new. It never is, but they've got to do it. And also, we've got to train our children from a young age to get out of their comfort zone. Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two. I think this is a interesting passage of scripture here. Deuteronomy thirty-two. Verse 9 says, For the Lord's portion and His people, Jacob, is a lot... Uh, that's not what I wanted. Let me see. Oh yeah, it is. A lot of His inheritance. He found them in a desert land and in the waste, howling wilderness. He led them about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead them, and there was no strange God with them. He's talking about when he was leading them through the wilderness. That wasn't a very comfortable time that they had. There was many difficult situations and uh, very uncomfortable times they went through. And he gives the example, he says, as an eagle stirreth their nest. Now, I'm not an expert in this, but from what I understand about that passage there, the eagles, one of the things that they'll have inside their nest is a lot of thorns and uncomfortable things. And as those little eagles start getting older, they go and they kind of stir that nest up to where it's not comfortable anymore. And those little eagles that want to be lazy and just stay in their nest, it's not comfortable there anymore. And they kind of get up there on the edges and the mothers will knock them off that cliff. Try to teach them how to fly, learn how to fly. And of course, they struggle and they try, don't do a very good job. And that mom swoops down, catches them up, catches them up, kind of like what it says here, and then flies them back up again, drops them again. You know, they try frantically to fly and pretty soon they learn it. Pretty soon they figure out how to fly on their own. But they don't, they don't willingly want to do it. They don't just naturally do it. The mom has to get them uncomfortable first. And sometimes there's things that we need to force our kids to do. And I know that might sound terrible, but you know what? We all force our kids to do things. We force them to go to school. You force them to take a bath. You force them to brush your teeth. I mean, you know, you wouldn't think you'd have to force your kids to do those things, but you do, don't you? I mean, they would not brush their teeth. I, I've told you this before. I mean, there was, our kids were struggling to remember to brush their teeth one time, so I went and I did a Google image search of gross teeth, and I had them look at all these disgusting pictures of, teeth, of people with just nasty, nasty teeth. I said, "This is what happens when you don't brush your teeth," and they all were anxious to brush their teeth, and. Uh, you got you, you have to do those things sometimes, but you've got to sometimes force them to do things that are uncomfortable. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting them involved in sports. They're going to get uncomfortable in sports. You know, Logan, you probably got uncomfortable a few times in football this year when guys bigger than you were tackling you. That wasn't comfortable, was it? Laying on the bottom of a pile, you know, running some of the drills and things that have you. It's not comfortable. 
But it's good. It teaches you to overcome some things. You know, get them involved in music lessons. It's not always comfortable getting up in front of people and playing an instrument and performing. You get nervous. You get scared. You get nosebleeds or whatever. You know, because you're you're so scared. You have nightmares the night before. But those at the same time, there are some great moments in some of those things. You know, Daniel, I guarantee you've got some good times you remember. You know, in some of your performances, but you probably got some scary times. You've probably had some embarrassing moments that you'd rather forget about and. Times when you just really messed up, but there's been some good times too where you performed and it felt good and it was exciting and you were glad that you did it. You know, get your kids involved in other extracurricular activities, maybe in their school. I'm not comfortable with that. So what? Okay. You know, sometimes you just have to tell them, like, you are a McMurtry or you are my son, and you know, McMurtry's. We do whatever, and you might not have never done it before, but you know you're trying to inspire. You want to inspire them to greatness, and that is something that we need. People just they don't want to do anything these days. I mean, it it blows my mind. You know, I'll go talking to kids sometimes. You know, we've been inviting them to King's Kids or whatever. It's like, man, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna play this game. We're gonna do that. Uh, I think I'm just gonna stay home and play video games. I mean, some kids, you can't, I don't think you can give money to come to church. Just, they would rather sit home on that couch and do absolutely nothing. And that is just, that's our culture. But we need, we need to motivate them to do things. Eventually, you know, have them get a job. Teach them that, hey, getting older now, you're going to have to start earning your keep. And, you know, we had a speech kind of along those lines today. You know, we, we give them some projects to do. Around the house that we don't pay him for, and hey, y'all are living here. Uh, Cost money to live places, <laughs> and uh, you guys need to start earning your keep and contributing around the house. We've got people in society that are doing absolutely nothing to contribute at all. They're just expecting everything to be done for them. They don't want to go try to get a job. Uh, I've heard people, you know, I I can't stand on my feet very long. I get tired. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> you know, uh, I I I struggle getting up in the morning. Yeah, so do I when I'm up till two o'clock in the morning watching TV. I mean, we all have things that we just have to overcome, and our society today does not know how to do it. They don't know how to overcome anything. Everybody thinks they've got special needs for. Some of the most goofy things. I mean, young, able-bodied men think that they're, they have special needs because they've got some kind of phobia where they can't even stay locked up in jail for three weeks straight. So they have to, they got their sentence where they separated for weekends. I talked to a guy who was like that. He can't be locked up for very long. I was like, well, I'm using that if they ever want to throw me in jail. It's like you're, y'all are gonna have. To, I got a, I got a special condition phobia. If I'm behind a locked door for more than you know three you know, three days, uh, I go crazy. I don't know how he worked that out, but that's exactly what he told me. And I don't know. I don't know. That that is that is our society. But you know what? Pampering a kid to hopeless dependence on their parents, I think that should be considered child abuse. I mean these these parents. You know, nowadays, you know, last year when I was doing the home preservation stuff, I had the boys, they went out and they worked with me. 
all the time. We worked long hours and they worked hard. There are groups out there and I paid them less than minimum wage and they were thrilled to death with it. Okay, um, There are people out there who would think, that's terrible. That's child abuse. I personally think having your kids sit at home eating sugar, playing video games all day, I think that's child abuse. Alright, and don't, like, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not, uh, it's, just, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna go there. But people, they need, they need to learn how to work. Pampering them is a horrible thing to do. Teach them to get out of their comfort zone. But we do, we live in a society, they don't want to get uncomfortable. There's people that are trying to limit free speech today because they don't want any groups feeling uncomfortable. At work, in the break rooms, they always have the news on. And almost every time the news is on, all they're talking about is who got offended this week by something somebody said. I mean, everybody's getting offended by Who cares? I mean, who really cares? Oh, you know... Phil Robertson said this about you know the homosexuals. So what? All right, the guys, you know, redneck from Louisiana. I mean, are you, they going to let what he says drive them that crazy? If they're so convinced they're right, who cares what he said? One of that that was one of the things in the news. Like the next day, they were talking about uh, Beyonce or somebody had a song and it had like audio from the one of the spaceships that blew up and that offended the NASA community. So what? Who cares about her songs? Who really cares? And then you know, the next day it was somebody else getting offended. And I, I was, I was this guy at work was like, is that all that they have in the news anymore? Just who got offended today? I was like, you know what? We ought to come up with something that offends us and we can get some news time. And it's like, you know, I'm offended by the fact we got to work in such extremely cold temperatures. This is, uh, this has got to be some kind of human rights violation. And, you know, we're just kind of joking around. But that's, that is our society. And there are people, I mean, who cares? If you're right, I don't care what some of them goofballs out there say about Christians. You know, they're, they're always, I don't care what South Park said about Christianity or, you know the, you know that's a vile cartoon. The guy that makes it, the um, is a piece of filth. I mean, just garbage. Who cares what he really says? I'm not going to go protest him. I'm just if I don't like if his what he says, how he portrays Christians, makes me uncomfortable. I'm not going to watch his show. And that's all there is to it. And I. People today, though, we're not allowed to make anyone feel comfortable. No one's challenged to go out and work hard to make a living. I heard a lady, a politician, a, cong- a congresswoman, she was saying how we need to stop calling welfare welfare. I forgot what she came, she came up with a title that sounded a whole lot better. Because welfare just sounds bad. It makes people feel bad. And so let's start calling it... Oh man, I forgot what it was. But pretty soon we're not going to be... It's going to be politically incorrect to talk about that because it makes people feel uncomfortable. Who cares? No one's challenged to go out and work hard. They're told be dependent on the government. Our society today, we're weaker, we're dumber, we're more ungodly than ever because people just don't want to step out of their comfort zone. Don't let that be your family. You know, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That means we might get uncomfortable every now and then. 
That means we might have to put ourselves out there. We might have to not be like people might look at us funny and think we're weird. That make that that makes me feel uncomfortable. Oh, but you know, what? oh well. I'll get I'll just be uncomfortable. And you know what? We're going to get pl- have plenty of comfort and plenty of rest when we get to heaven. Right now, this is the time we have to serve God and to do something to make a difference. But we are going to have to step out of our comfort zone. And if your life is all about just what makes you comfortable, you are going to miss out on some of the greatest blessings that there are. Some of the greatest blessings come when we after we get out of our comfort zone. Don't miss out on those blessings. Let's all stand together tonight.